Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. The bride posing for her wedding photos. Beirut Video Diary. What this American experienced in the shaken city. And get out of the way. What you need to know if you've lost power. You're definitely going to want to toss those leftovers. And parents freaking out over the school hallway crammed with kids. And 132 days of suffering. The people who just can't shake the virus. Plus, the secret recording between accused mom Lori Daybell and her husband made the day cops found the missing kids. We're so sorry. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively apologizing for their plantation wedding. But has cancel culture gone too far? Banning kindergarten cops? Then, the Ellen Show's DJ turning on the embattled talk show queen as these celebrities stand with Ellen and rent a pool at an hourly rate. Everything is shut down and there's not a lot of places for people to enjoy themselves. Could this be the cheapest vacation ever? Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello and thanks for joining us. I'm Mary Calvi. In today for Deborah, the images of that deadly explosion in Beirut are shocking. But what was it like to be there when the blast shook the city? Amber Cogliano spoke with an American who shot a moment-by-moment -moment video diary. It started as a column of gray smoke, then this. An enormous, devastating blast, and in its wake, a mushroom cloud rising above Beirut like the aftermath of an atomic bomb. Today, square miles of the city are a wasteland. It sounded like an airplane breaking the sound barrier. Now we're hearing what it was like to live through the experience. New York architect Michelle Aboud was visiting relatives in Beirut. He survived by hiding under a car as debris rained down. He shared this video diary with Inside Edition. Survivors wandering rubbled strewn streets, dazed and bloodied. It looks like New York after 9-11. It was just like straight out of a horror movie. I look around me and people are just covered in blood. It was like a post-apocalyptic scene. Hospitals are overwhelmed. Michelle came across this traumatized and bloodied woman. Put the clean tissue on it and keep pressing as hard as you can, as long as you can, okay? He arrived home and found this. So this is the lobby. This is supposed to be the safest area in the building. This is the bedroom. Basically nothing's left over there is where the explosion happens. And you can see the debris that fell on the streets. Look at these extraordinary moments, all captured on video. A bride posing for her wedding photos. She flees with the photographer. A maid saving the life of a little girl as the windows blew in. A priest live streaming a religious service when the blast sends him running for cover. A woman and three children looking out of the window when the blast came. Oh my God. 
Miraculously, they survived. Official reports say the blast was the result of negligence. A welder sparked a fire where 3,000 tons of ammonia nitrate had been stored for six years. But President Trump triggered conspiracy theories when he said his military advisors told him the explosion was an attack. They would know better than I would, but they seemed to think it was a uh, attack. It was a bomb of some kind. Rumors are sweeping Beirut. You think that you heard the sound of an airplane or a missile? I'm pretty positive, and I'm not the only one to think that. The blast caused between three to five billion dollars in damages. Back here at home, millions are out of power today in the wake of tropical storm Isaias roaring up the east coast. But what should you do if your lights go out? As Les Trent reports, with people packing their fridges with food because of the pandemic, this couldn't have come at a worse time. We're seeing mind-blowing video of the devastation. Scaffolding ripped off a building in Yonkers, New York, as Isaias swept up the East Coast. Oh, my God. Thousands of trees were toppled. Oh, my God. The whole tree just went down. We spoke to tree expert Wayne Dubin. So many trees failed in, in this particular storm because they're, they're, they have all of their summer weight. Every branch is completely loaded with leaves, and then they're falling apart with the high winds. Anything over about 50 miles an hour, all bets are off. Millions of homeowners oh are now finding themselves goodness. without power. The power outage couldn't come at a worse time. So many of our refrigerators and freezers are filled to capacity as we stock up during the pandemic. Now all that food is threatened by spoilage and time is running out before we may be forced to throw it away. Ah. Johannes Benjamin is using coolers full of ice for his perishables. All the stuff that can spoil, like uh, mayonnaise, like milk, like this expensive stuff, like heavy cream, as the ice runs out, we make sure we have Whoa. lots of ice. <laughs> Jacqueline London, head of nutrition and wellness at Weight Watchers, offers these tips on what to keep and what to toss. For about 48 hours, your freezer will actually stay cold. So as long as you're not opening and closing the fridge and freezer very often, you can maintain and keep some of the foods that you would otherwise need to throw away. You're definitely going to want to toss those leftovers. So I have right here and this is the perfect example. This is prepped rotisserie chicken. This would have to go. Fresh veggies on hand, fresh produce that's been in the fridge and it's whole, meaning that you haven't chopped or sliced yet, that can stay. Great tips after a storm that has left its mark. Oh my God. And experts say when the power's off, you should also limit your cell phone use to emergencies only. It's a tradition at many high schools taking a senior class photo on the first day of school. But is it the best idea in the age of COVID-19? There's fallout today from this photo shoot because, as Stephen Fabian reports, there's not a mask in sight. These back-to-school photos have many parents and teachers freaking out today. They show high school seniors in Georgia squeezed together for their class photo. Not a single kid is wearing a mask. One teen took to TikTok to show the world she was the only one wearing a mask in class. And look at this. 
A young lady in Tennessee shared video of her packed school gym. First day back to school during a global pandemic, she wrote, only saw three students wearing masks. After this image of a crowded high school hallway went viral, the superintendent emailed parents admitting there is no question that the photo does not look good. Class changes are a challenge. Students are in the hallway for just a brief period. Parent Brandy Gardner says she isn't too worried. I feel like there's just one little picture of, of one small moment and you can notice in the picture the kids are not congregating. They're actually passing to go to classes. But health experts say the images are troubling. If you have a group of kids who all have their faces next to each other and they're not masked, if one of them is contagious, it will spread rapidly through that group. Give us choice! Teachers are holding protests across the nation, demanding better safety measures. This teacher in Florida is taking her own steps, building individual pods for her students from PVC piping and shower curtains. In New Jersey, Chris Rogan is celebrating today after surviving an epic 132-day battle with COVID-19. The 29-year-old flatlined once and his leg was amputated after he suffered blood clots. I was dead for five minutes. So you were clinically dead for five minutes? Yes, yep, and then they were able to revive me, thankfully. We're hearing from others who are having a really tough time shaking the virus. Jennifer English is still suffering 118 days after she was first diagnosed. It's been like a roller coaster. Um, Two weeks terrible and one week okay, and that's when I get hopeful again, only to be knocked back down by it again. Kate Porter has everyone beat. She's on her 140th day. As we speak, I have the highest temperature that I've had all four, four months, actually. That's why I'm sweating and a little shaky right now. Hey, guys, stop. And here's the latest skirmish in the mask wars. Matthew Roy and James Hernandez say they were eating breakfast when they were confronted for not wearing masks. Hey, 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 Matt. Oh, The woman threw her coffee cup at Roy, who retaliated by punching her boyfriend in the face. It's absurd. You're going to go through all this and fight us over a mask. Mind your own business. Get your girl off me. Get off me. Police were called, but no charges were filed. The number of celebrities sticking up for embattled talk show host Ellen DeGeneres is growing, but her list of critics is growing, too. The DJ who worked on The Ellen Show for many years says he felt a toxic work culture firsthand. This TV personality is speaking out about what it was like working closely with Ellen DeGeneres. What happened, Tony? Tony Okenboa was the on-air DJ at The Ellen Show for 11 years. Now he is addressing allegations of a toxic work environment that is threatening Ellen's reputation as the queen of nice. While I am grateful for the opportunity it afforded me, I did experience and feel the toxicity of the environment, he writes on Instagram. I stand with my former colleagues in their quest to create a healthier and more inclusive workplace as the show moves forward. He joins a long list of former producers, including Hedda Muscat, who accuse Ellen of turning a blind eye to alleged mistreatment happening behind the scenes. It didn't have to go down this way. She could have been 
brilliantly talented in front of the camera and carried that backstage and she didn't. Every Friday we were shaking who's going to get fired this Friday. Today a growing number of big name celebrities are finally coming to Ellen's defense joining the I Stand By Ellen movement. Actress Diane Keaton says I always enjoyed my visits to the Ellen show. I've seen how the audience exudes happiness and gratitude. Actor Alec Baldwin tweeted his support. The Ellen show has always been kind to me. So did Ashton Kutcher. She and her team have only treated me and my team with respect and kindness. And comedian Jay Leno added his voice. I don't discard a 40-year friendship on hearsay. The Ellen I know has raised over $125 million for charity and has always been a kind and decent person. Deadpool star Ryan Reynolds is apologizing today for marrying Blake Lively at a South Carolina plantation. He says it was a big mistake given the property's painful history. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively are apologizing today for holding their 2012 wedding at a southern plantation. The golden couple tied the knot at Boone Hall in South Carolina, where slaves once lived before the Civil War. It's something we'll always be deeply and unreservedly sorry for. It's impossible to reconcile, the Deadpool star says in a new interview. He explains he and his bride saw the wedding venue on Pinterest and were dazzled by its beauty. Only later, he says, did they realize it had been built upon devastating tragedy. And as America takes a fresh look at its racial past, actress Zoe Saldana is expressing regret for playing the legendary singer Nina Simone in the 2016 film Nina. I should have never played Nina. She deserved better. And, but that said, so I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I love her music. At the time, critics accused her of wearing dark makeup and a prosthetic nose to play Simone. Saldana says she now understands she wasn't the right black actress for the role. I should have tried everything in my power to cast a black woman to play an exceptionally perfect black woman. And remember the Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy Kindergarten Cop? The hit film from 1990 has now been pulled from a film festival in the city of Portland, a hotbed of anti-police protests. It's the film's 30th anniversary, but anti-cop critics are giving it a thumbs down. There's nothing entertaining about the presence of police in schools, writes the woman who pushed for the ban. Cancel culture gone too far? You be the judge. Instead of Kindergarten Cop, the film festival will kick off with Good Trouble, the documentary about late civil rights icon John Lewis. Lori Daybell remains in jail awaiting trial and charges she abandoned her two young children whose remains were found buried on her husband's property. While she has kept quiet behind bars, we're hearing her voice thanks to a recording of a call she made to her close friend as well as to her husband on the very day detectives were searching for the bodies. Lori Daybell can be heard on a secretly recorded phone call just played in court. The recording was made by her friend, Melanie Gibb, who says Lori asked her to lie about the whereabouts of her missing son, JJ. I was wondering why you told the police why he was with me. I just needed to talk somebody so I wouldn't have to tell them where he really was. Is JJ safe? He is safe and happy. Lori Daybell apparently had a gut feeling she was being recorded. Just listen. I don't know why you're being conscious. 
conversation for the police or whatever. I don't know what your intention is on this phone call. Well, but with all my heart, and I have forever. Another call was also played in court, this one between Lori, who was behind bars, and her husband, Chad Daybell. It was made the day police started digging on Daybell's property in search of the missing JJ and his sister, Tylee. You can hear the concern in their voices. One hour later, the bodies of the two missing children were found. Chad Daybell was arrested, and now they both face trial. The recordings were played at a hearing to decide if Chad Daybell's trial for concealing evidence should go ahead. The judge ruled it will. Both Chad and Lori Daybell have pled not guilty. Next, are they going too far? No justice! No peace! Targeting police officers at their homes. What do we want? And rent a pool at an hourly rate. It's better than going to the beach. Could this be the cheapest vacation ever? Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. With civil unrest continuing across the country, protesters are now targeting police officers at their homes, marching right up to their doorsteps. No justice, no peace. It's happening more and more. The private residences of cops targeted by demonstrators. This week, 100 people showed up at the home of a Los Angeles sheriff's deputy involved in the controversial shooting death of an armed security officer. What do we want? The deputy's home was also vandalized with chalk. We had an agreement, right? No trespassing. A similar scene took place outside Seattle, where protesters targeted Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best. There's a private drive. Get out of the road. The chief's neighbors blocked the road, displaying weapons and telling everyone to leave. Chief Best was so upset, she wrote to the Seattle City Council, asking them to stand up for what is right and end the targeting of elected officials and civil servants. It also happened to a Washington state cop, whose home was targeted with this derogatory message, Pig lives here. And this set of protesters showed up to New York Police Commissioner Dermont Shea's home in the middle of the night, making a ruckus, flashing lights and sounding alarms. Security consultant Patrick Brosnan is a former NYPD detective. It's legal. It's 100% legal, provided it's done within the time boundaries and the time constraints of that municipality. I will shoot you. Back in March, David Lacey, the husband of Los Angeles District Attorney Jackie Lacey, confronted Black Lives Matter's protesters with a firearm when they stormed his front door. Yesterday, he was charged with three misdemeanors. I will shoot you. David Lacey's attorney disagrees with the charges, adding his client's instinct is to always protect his family. And up next, renting a pool to take a dip. Summer vacation canceled? How about renting a pool? It's the cheapest vacation ever, next to staying at home. Lots of folks are renting pools to enjoy a resort-like getaway without the high cost of a hotel and without the crowds. I love it. It's beautiful. Marietta Severa is paying $60 an hour to rent this luxurious pool in the Hollywood Hills. She believes it's the safest way during a pandemic to cool off on a hot summer day. It's better than going to the beach and being around a bunch of people who aren't wearing masks, who might get too close 
close to you. At this gorgeous home in Beverly Hills, this family is renting a backyard oasis. Total costs, 60 bucks an hour. It's like Airbnb, but it's hourly and for swimming pools. <laughs> and I was like, sold. It works very simply. Homeowners interested in renting their pools use an app called Swimply. Then renters go to the app and look for a pool in their neighborhood. Prices range from $15 an hour to $300 an hour for a more luxurious experience. Last year, Swimply was pitched on Shark Tank. The company didn't land a deal, but in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, went on to thrive anyway. Jeff Westfield has already made $3,000 renting his pool. I've had everything from couples wanting to do laps. I've had families. Does he worry that he's hosting strangers during a pandemic? It is really a very clean, sanitary setup. I wouldn't change a thing, pandemic or not. And next, a flock of hungry seagulls. Finally, run. This woman is under attack by a flock of hungry seagulls. It's straight out of Hitchcock's The Birds. Those birds really want her fries. They sure do. And that's Inside Edition for today. I'm Mary Calvi in for Deborah Norwell. We'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. When you're committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to, by partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.